Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist for the Lexington Leader and Kentucky.com. After a week's absence, we are back. After UK had an open week last Saturday, uh, took a little vacation time, but we're back. And on today's podcast, we are going to preview the Kentucky-Mississippi State football game on Saturday. It's a 7 o'clock start on the SEC Network from down in Starkville. Kentucky brings a 6-1 and record into the game. The Cats are ranked number 12 in the AP Top 25. UK, as I mentioned, was off last week. Their last game they lost to Georgia 30 to 13 back on October 16th. Mississippi State is 4 and 3 overall. Mike Leach's team beat Vanderbilt 45 to 6 last Saturday in their last game. Last year, Kentucky, Mike Leach's first season at Mississippi State, Kentucky got the better of the Bulldogs, intercepting six passes to beat Mississippi State 24 to 2 in Lexington. So no doubt Mississippi State will be looking for a little bit of revenge. They'll have the Cowbells behind them there in Davis Wade Stadium. And Mark Stoop, since becoming the UK coach, has never won in Starkville. So this will be a chance for him to break that streak. Kentucky's broken a lot of streaks lately. Here's one more streak they hope to break. So helping uh, helping me preview the game on Saturday, I talk with Andy Koska, who covers Mississippi State football for the Clearing Ledger in Jackson, and also talked, of course, to Josh Moore, my colleague and UK football beat writer at the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. But first, we'll hear from Andy Koska of the Clarion Legend, Clarion Legend, followed by Josh Moore of the Herald Leader. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get right to our scouting report on Mississippi State. Okay, my guest on the podcast is Andy Koska of the Clarion Ledger in Jackson, Mississippi. He covers Mississippi State athletics, including Mississippi State football. How's it going, Andy? Yeah, it's going pretty well. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being on the podcast, Kentucky and Mississippi State. Uh, this Saturday, uh, down in Starkville, 7 o'clock start on the SEC Network. Uh, how is Mississippi State playing right now? What what kind of season have they had up to this point? Yeah, you know, they, they've been uh, – they, they've kind of played a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde, I guess is the, the term I'd use, where they've had some pretty good performances. You know, think uh, – when they, you know, when they went down to Texas A&M, played really, really well down there. Um, put off an upset. They played really well against Vanderbilt, but I think most most teams kind of do that against <laughs> Vanderbilt. Sorry to say. Um, and then there were some other games that were, you know, you know, like wow, okay, there's some issues, you know, just in terms of allowing big plays on defense. Uh, you know, not finishing drives in the red zone. I think we saw that a lot, obviously against Alabama, but most teams do that against Alabama. But Memphis, you know, they struggled big time against them. 
so it's kind of, you know, it's, it's one of those up and down seasons where um, you're kind of waiting for like which, which team you're going to get every, every week. Um, but coming off a big Vanderbilt win, you, you feel like they're, you know, Mississippi State is probably feeling pretty good and, and, and clicking right now going into this Kentucky game. Okay, let's start. Obviously, Mike Leach is the head coach. Uh, formerly, it was at Kentucky many moons ago for a couple of years before uh, going off to Oklahoma and then being a head coach at Texas Tech, Washington State, now at Ole Miss. Second year at Ole Miss, I mean, at Mississippi State, I'm sorry. Second year at Mississippi State with the air raid offense. How is the offense uh, doing under Mike Leach this year? Well, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure you were with the Mark Stoops uh, press conference on, on Monday as well. Yes. I mean, he, he sees he sees quite a big difference, and I think pretty much everyone does. Where, if you think back to a year ago, uh, almost to the almost to the day, I think it's a little over a year ago. Uh, October there was an October game against Kentucky last year. Offense was shut out. You know they scored two points, and that was courtesy of a uh, a bad snap on a punt. You know right. for for Kentucky. So it uh, you know the offense really struggled at times last year. Six interceptions against Kentucky in that game. Just, you know kind of between I think it was four for KJ Costello and two for Will Rogers. Uh, it's been, it's been different this year. Uh, I think, um, there's just a better understanding, you know, I asked Austin Williams, a, a wide receiver last night about it. You know, he, he says, you know, a lot of it purely comes down to you're in the second year of a system. You have a better understanding of, of where you need to be, when you need to, you know, when you need to be there. Um, the connection with Will Rogers is, is vastly improved compared to last season. Um, so all that kind of plays into, uh, fewer turnovers this year. Of course, you know, Will Rogers had five interceptions in the past two games, but before that, in the previous five, uh, he had uh, all of two. Uh, so 14 touchdowns and two, you know, in the first five games of the season uh, before the kind of stumble against Alabama and then uh, four touchdowns and two picks against Vandy. Um, so taking care of the football is a big thing. Um, kind of taking what the defense gives them a little bit. You know, Will doesn't take too many shots downfield, which I think, you know, some. Some fans might, you know, wish you took a, took a couple more, maybe maybe per game, um, but that, that's that's part of taking care of the football. You know, he's not going to be throwing it into into traffic, uh, which is uh, you know, probably the probably the biggest improvement that that, that we've seen. What about the and what about the guys he's throwing it to? Who are a couple of guys Kentucky fans should look for on Saturday? Yeah, they have some, you know, Mississippi State has some newcomers. And I think the, the biggest one is Makai Polk. He's a transfer from University of California. Uh, he, I mean, he's been, you know, for a while, I don't know if he still is. For a while, he was leading the SEC in receptions. Uh, you know, the fact check me if he still is. But uh, he's he's been an immediate favorite target of Will Rogers. Uh, and he, he gets a lot of balls. But the, the thing with this offense is, I mean, there's plenty of passes to go around when you throw one at 50, 60 times a game. And uh, against Vanderbilt, 13 different uh, receivers caught passes. Um, I think, you know, wow. four, four receivers had five receptions, you know, so it was a lot of different names that, that popped up. You, you saw guys emerge like Christian Ford lately has, has really emerged as, as a slot guy that, you know, he's a, he's a walk on that's, that's playing a big role now. Uh, Jaden Wally is always dangerous. Austin Williams is, you know, is a guy that, you know, was, is always going to get his catches. Uh, so there, there's a lot to go around and, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's, it's necessarily the big play always with this Mississippi State offense. It, it tends not to be just with, with how defenses play them with, with kind of cloud coverage and uh, drop eight, that sort of thing. Uh, but there's going to be a, a lot of uh, dink and dunk kind of down the field and a lot of different receivers to throw to. And, and one missed tackle could be, could be kind of costly with uh, some, some of the guys Mississippi State has. 
Yeah, Polk is still, I'm looking at the SEC stats right now, Polk is still leading the league, 58 receptions. Next is John Mitch at Alabama with 52. Then you go down to another Mississippi State guy, uh, Jaquavius Marks at 49, who's a, a running back, but I know they use uh, the running backs more as receivers than a, than a running. Do they have any kind of a rushing game at all, or, or, or is it all pretty much the air raid and purely pass? Well, you know, it's we've seen a little bit the rushing game kind of have its moments against LSU. It had its moments every once in a while, especially when uh, LSU early kind of was really dropped. Like they had maybe three guys in the box, you know, so right. they handed it off and and it worked against that kind of defensive front as, as it should. Um, but really, it's, it's not there's there's not much of a running game. That's that's not, you know, what, what Mike Leach wants to do. Um, you know, Jaquavius Marks and Dylan Johnson, you know, they'll, they'll get some carries, maybe, maybe about, you know, between them, maybe 10 to 15 uh, carries a game. Um, but mostly they're going to be, especially Jaquavius Marks out of the backfield is, is really a, a receiving threat. Um, can make a guy miss, can, can have yards after the catch. I think uh, you're going to see a lot of two back sets and they really like throwing the ball out of two. That's because you have, you know, you, you could have, you know, one of those running backs kind of chip a edge rusher as, as he goes out of the backfield just to help out the, the tackles and then uh, their, their targets for Will to kind of check down to if he, if he needs to. And, you know, he, he often will just, you know, as I mentioned, he doesn't, doesn't force the ball downfield if he doesn't really see it as a, as it being a high percentage throw. So he, he likes checking the ball. That can, that can bring five yards and add that up. And it's a, it's a lot of yards. Yeah. Right. Okay, let's flip over to the defense. Mark Stoops, and we, as you mentioned, we talked to him on Monday. He was very complimentary of Mississippi State's defense. I know statistically they've done really well against the run. Uh, what about this Bulldogs defense? It, it is it is quite a good defense. Uh, you know, for much of the season, I really thought you know the, the defense was the bright spot. You know, Mike Leach's offense, of course, gets so much of the attention uh, being in the air raid, but but Zach Arnett's defense has been has been pretty phenomenal. Um, the run defense, especially, and they did a good job against um, against Vanderbilt. They had Mike Wright playing quarterback, who's kind of a running threat, and, and they did a really good job, just you know, sideline to sideline, not really letting them get out uh, and kind of you know stretch them uh, that way. So there's a lot of speed on this defense. Obviously, he, he plays a lot of different fronts, but primarily it's a three-three-five. Uh, but you'll see. I mean, Arnett will will go with the four man. You know, he he can he can mix it up, and I think that. Uh, can complicate things, and there's a lot of movement, you know, with uh, you know pre-snap movement along the line. You know, even after uh, even after um, so, you know the ball snap, that defensive line is going to have a lot of stunts and, and and you know kind of weaving in and out of each other, which I think uh, can complicate things. Uh, not always a lot of sacks in in this defense. I think that maybe is the area they want to improve. But against the run, they've been very solid. Um, probably the biggest downside uh has been the you know uh i guess giving up the big play has been something that has cropped up uh alabama it happened over and over again um vanderbilt had happened once there was a, a 62 yarder they gave up a, a big big pass in the first half that was i think that was like 80 i think i calculated it, it was 81 percent of their first half yards came on that one play for vanderbilt you it know it's very early in the game it, yeah yeah so it was uh you know, it's it, that that is an area that, you know, I don't I don't know if it's Kentucky's forte. Perhaps I mean that you know they they, they don't normally uh, you know air it out, but that is an area that 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 could be uh, exposed. What what about who who are a couple of players on the Mississippi State defense we should look for? 
Yeah, well, the, the, the two cornerbacks are, are two of the best in, in the conference, actually, uh, with, with Martin Emerson and, and Emmanuel Forbes. Um, Forbes, I think, dating back to last year, he's leading. He's the active leader uh, in the SEC in interceptions. Uh, he's just you know, been a ball hawk for his entire career now. Uh, Martin Emerson is, is, is definitely a pretty lockdown, lockdown corner. Uh, I would not be surprised that they kind of put him on Wando Robinson all game and, and just say like, Hey, match up, match up there. And, you know, our best against your best and, and see how, see how it goes. I think Mississippi state will be pretty confident with that, with that matchup. If they do go with Emerson there. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are the corners. I think on the defensive, uh, you know, kind of in the box you, you know, with Aaron Brule and Tyrus Wheat, you know, they can get after the quarterback pretty well. Uh, Nathaniel Watson has, has shown he's a middle linebacker. He, he's really shown a lot of, uh, you know, you kind of expect a middle, middle linebacker to kind of lead, lead the team in tackles pretty frequently, and, and he's, he's been living up to that. Against Alabama, he had something like you know, 14 tackles and I think 20 if you, if you count solo or, or uh, assists in there as well. So he can really rack up tackles and kind of get sideline to sideline with that speed. Okay, and, and last but not least, what, what about the special teams? How, how have they looked so far in that area? Yeah, I think it'd be um, – there's always a risk if Kentucky is, is a team that can't get touchbacks. Is the uh, the kickoff return, Lydiatric Griffin on uh, kickoff returns from Mississippi State is pretty electric. Uh, he's had a couple of really good returns early in the season, and then uh, against Vanderbilt was the first time he got to return the football in, in a couple of weeks because you know most teams just chose not to kick it to him. Vanderbilt did, and and Vanderbilt's kick coverage was great. Um, you know, held him basically to 25 or, or, or less than that. Uh, so it wasn't huge returns for him, but that, that's an area that you think you probably want to watch. Um, besides that, you know, Mississippi State has a big boost with uh, Brandon Ruiz, the kicker, is back from injury. Um, you know, he missed a couple weeks and he came back against Alabama. Um, he you know, obviously scored all the points for Mississippi State in that game. And uh, I think he hit, hit another one or two against, uh, against Vandy. He, he's been a real solid kicker and uh, has some range. And before that, you know, when he was out, the kicking game was a little spotty, so it's it's uh, for Mississippi State. They'll, they'll be happy they, they had Brandon back. Okay, what what about it? What are the keys for the Bulldogs on uh, Saturday night among the cowbells there in Davis Way? Mark Stoops has never beaten Mississippi State in Starkville uh, since coming to Kentucky in 2013. What, what does Mississippi State have to do to keep that streak alive? Well, it really comes. I think you know the the rushing defense has to has to continue what it's been able to do uh, for much of the season. Uh, you know, slowing down Chris Rodriguez. I mean, he's quite a good back. I think he leads the SEC in yards right now. Um, you know, 110 or so a game. So if he can get up in those numbers, that's, that's going to be, you know, it shows that Mississippi State didn't really do, I guess, what they, what they want to do, what they have done for much of the season, uh, which even, you know, against Texas A&M, they, they did really well to, to slow down Isaiah Spiller, who's another really good back. So, Kind of watch the uh, if they if they can stop the run, um, and then you know if Will Rogers can take care of the football, which he's done a good job of so far this season. Just to, it's cropped up the past two games of the interceptions, but if he kind of gets back to taking care of the ball, you feel like Mississippi State has a pretty good chance to. Uh, I don't want to say upset here, but at least keep it close. <laughs> yeah, so what I think the line's only like a point or two in Kentucky's favor. Yeah. 
which uh, you've got, I'm sure you, uh, Kentucky fans are a little, what, we're only a two-point favorite and we're 12th in the country. And I'm sure Mississippi State fans are like, what, we're an underdog? Kentucky never wins down here. So <laughs> you've got both sides of it. Uh, well, it should, yep. be a very, should be a very interesting game, uh, that's for sure. Uh, Andy, the, the guys at the Clearing Ledger do a great job covering Mississippi athletics, whether it's Mississippi State, Ole Miss, you name it, they have for years. Andy, tell our listeners how they can follow you uh, online and how they can follow you on Twitter. Yeah, well, you can read all my stuff at the Clarion Ledger. Uh, if you just type that in and, and look up sports, you'll find everything there. Uh, otherwise, Twitter, uh, my handle is at AF, as in Frank, and Kuska, K-O-S-T-K-A, so AF Kuska. Well, be sure and check out all of Andy's work leading up to the game and during the game and after the game on Saturday. And Andy, we really appreciate you being on the podcast. Yeah, of course. Thanks so much. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is uh, Josh Moore, uh, Herald Leader and Kentucky.com football beat writer. Uh, did you enjoy your off week, Josh? Or you didn't really I have did. an off week. You pretty much yeah, well, worked through I took some time off. You worked through your off week, right? Yeah, a little bit, not a whole lot. It was it was certainly more of a more of an off week than not. Um I don't know that um you know, yeah, I mean what what work I did wasn't uh, incredibly uh, stressful yeah. or anything. Yeah, it certainly wasn't like the normal week you had the you went to a couple of press conferences that UK had and kind of hung around and you know, I, I didn't do anything real special. Well, that's not true. I went up to Cincinnati and, and went to Louisville, and uh, so I kind of I had I had a I had a, a adult beverage in every city in the triangle last week. So that's I guess that good. was kind of fun. So. <laughs> that's good. And uh, who, which, uh, which uh, city was uh, the best for your adult beverage in the triangle? At least uh, this weekend or last week? Yeah, they were. Uh, Cincinnati was really fun. I, 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 you know, we kind of just hung out and. <clears throat> In a little pocket, uh, you know, I don't. I guess the west, yeah, the west side of uh, uh-huh. northwest area. Uh, this brewery, right. uh, Urban Artifact, is really cool. It's like in an old church kind of set up. It was really fun, and uh, you just kind of hung out a few places around that area, and yeah, had a really good time. Well, that's good. That's good. One thing you did, uh, uh, I don't know, I, I think you did it last week and wrote about it uh, partly this time. You talked to Vince, Mar- uh, Vince Marrow. Uh, talk a little bit. I know you wrote about uh, Will Levis and Vince. Talk a little bit. For people who haven't seen that story, be sure and check it out. But kind of in a nutshell, talk, talk a little bit about what Vince had to say. Yeah, that story has had a little bit of legs to it. Um, it has. You yeah. know, for, uh, you know, something I think it came out Monday maybe. Um yeah, Vince, you know, had, uh, yeah, I talked with him for about 30 minutes last week. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of conversation that I had two stories from that interview and probably could write another one really if I tried, but, you know, just trying to, you know, really just trying to get a sense of where the recruiting class is, kind of what they're prioritizing, um, where they're, um, you know, it's not nothing that you can't really even look at the team and figure out yourself if you're just a fan kind of trying to watch it. You know, they want receivers, they want uh, to kind of strengthen things on the O line, they want to go. Um, you know, get up, you know, try to you know work on their pass rush, uh, you know, because they're going to lose Josh Pass. Well, I think that's going. I don't think I think that's kind of the thing. Maybe that it's not getting talked about enough is um, how they're going to replace Josh Pascal next year. Um, whether that you know is with somebody that's already on the roster that gets moved around, or um, you know, because he's going to be a massive piece. I mean, I don't think, uh, you know, because you could maybe have talked yourself, oh, maybe he'll take a super senior year. No, that kid's not going to. He, he's going to get drafted. Um, right. So, <laughs> don't uh, don't entertain that dream. 
Um, so I think you, you know, that that's something to watch out for. And really the, the thing that I was most interested in, you know, or at least the thing, you know, that was, it was really basic, but the way, you know, Vince talked about the, um, you know, how the transfer portal was something that they have to use and how they need to, you know, kind of embrace it as, you know, just, it's just a sort of like another step in the process. Um, as far as, you know, he kind of likened the, 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 you know, recruiting players as to what, you know, akin to what the college draft is for the NFL. And then, you know, the transfer portal basically being free agency. And as long as they have this set up where you, you know, if you, you know, lose up to seven transfers and you can bring up to seven in, it's going to kind of always have that sort of wrinkle to it. Um, and, and there will be guys who transfer from UK. I mean, I can't, I can't, you know, tell you who they are right now. I don't know who they will be, but you can just assume, you know, based on the last few years and not just the UK, but everywhere that's going to happen. Um, and it'll be guys, you know, that, that aren't really playing. I mean, I think that's kind of, you can probably, you know, if you sit down and, you know, looked at it, you could probably start trying to take a guess. Um, but yeah, I, I think so. And there's a lot of, you know, you kind of just talked about that a little bit and, you know, it's, a, it's always fun talking to, to Vince and you kind of, um, get a, you know, I enjoy talking to all the coaches anytime you can get them just one-on-one -on -one and, you know, cause that's a the struggle sometimes in, in, in these weekly settings that we get into is, you know, you're in these scrums and, uh, especially right now with the kind of the way they're barricaded off, um, because of the COVID protocols that, uh, right. you can't really get anything real intimate or real, you know, just right. interesting. A lot of times it can be kind of, it just makes it a little harder. So anytime you get in these little one-on-one -on -one sit settings, uh, you come away with some pretty good stuff. And yeah, he had a lot of good things to say about Will Levis. Uh, you know, it, it sort of was up honest about, you know, not you know being sure necessarily that he, it was the, not that bringing him in was a bad call, but it, that, you know, that he would be, what he has been for this program, which has been a guy that kind of took the reins and, and just, you know, is, um, you know, he's not been like, he's not like set the world on fire, you know, with his play, but he's, I think his attitude has been the thing that, you know, they've been most impressed by over there. And you can right. see it off, off the field and on the field. Um, they, those guys have, you know, rallied around him. Yeah. You want your quarterback to be a leader and he's definitely been the leader. And I thought it was interesting in this, in your story about, yeah, how quickly he became, I think that, obviously impressed him uh, how quickly he became the leader coming in here as a transfer from Penn State, a guy who had not been in the program. And uh, uh, like you said about the guys rallying around him, uh, yeah, that was interesting. Uh, okay, Mississippi State, uh, Saturday night in Starkville. Uh, full disclosure, Josh will be making the trip to Starkville. I will not. I will be um, back here watching it on the SEC Network uh, because they're doing all the press post-game press conferences by Zoom, the road teams. Um, Kentucky coming off the Georgia loss, but with a week off in between. Uh, how do you see this game? How do you see Kentucky going into this game uh, on Saturday? You know, originally coming out of, you know, like during the bye week, I was sort of, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. I was sort of thinking, um, you know, I think Kentucky will come out and, and they'll be rested and, and they'll have, you know, I, I sort of, you look at it through the, like the rose colored glasses version. Like, you know, you're off, you're in, you know, I'm in, in my case, enjoying drinks in Cincinnati and Louisville. I was like, oh yeah, they'll, you know, <laughs> they'll be, they'll be good. They'll come out and. You know, the, the closer we get to the game time, I, I, I kind of look at it as, as, you know, not a trap game because I don't, it's certainly not a trap game, but, you know, they're, they're well aware of what's in front of them and the, and the magnitude of, um, you know, the series and how it's kind of gone when they've traveled to Starkville. 
Um, I know we we talked yesterday, and they brought you know they mentioned that Luke Fortner had, and and he kind of talked about his message to the team, um, and got, having gone down there twice, and, and and you know very infrequently even playing well as a team down there, and um, you know it, it's tough to not look at this this game. You know it's not it's Halloween. You know I think for Mississippi State from their side, I think their fans probably look at this have to look at this as a pretty significant game not in the sense that like if they lose it you know that they, they were going to call for leach's head or anything and they're not that's not going to be the case but i do think they look at it as oh this is if we win this game it'll give us two top you know 25 wins you've got uh you know it gives you a little bit more momentum in recruiting it'll give you um this this you know just a feather in the cap against a team that you know you're also you're really highly motivated to, to, to get a you know, even put points on the board against because last year that was certainly not the case in Lexington. Um, so I think, I don't know, it, I think it's going to be really tough. I kind of think this is Kentucky's toughest game left on the schedule. But, you know, I kind of, you know, because Tennessee, I think you, you you look ahead to next week and their offense and kind of what they do um, will be, will, you know, it's certainly challenging to defend, but, you know, you, you at least got that game at home. So I, for that reason, I think this is, I think this is the hardest game left on Kentucky's schedule. And, um, it'll be interesting, you know, I, you know, we don't know how this team's going to respond. Um, you know, in the past coming out of Oz, it's been kind of mixed. Um, the results with, with some of Stoops teams and, and then coming off Georgia games, they typically don't play very well. Um, so it'll be interesting how those two things combine, um, and, and what that, you know, kind of translates to. Yeah. They're, uh, uh, have never, uh, have not won in Starkville with Mark Stoops as head coach. Uh, yeah, I would say, I mean, you got two, Kentucky's guys, four games left. They got, uh, uh, no, they got five games left, right? What, who right. Yeah. Five. Yeah. Had, five yeah this, uh, yeah, this Tennessee, then Vandy, uh, the oh, yeah. you know, New Mexico State and then Louisville. Yeah, four games after this one. One other, uh, uh, they go to two other road games besides Mississippi <laughs> State. They go to Vanderbilt and they go to Louisville. Two home games left with Tennessee and New Mexico State. So yeah, considering that this game is on the road where you get Tennessee at home, uh, yeah, I think you might be right. This might be the toughest game left on the schedule. You mentioned last year Kentucky won twenty four to two at home. They had six interceptions in that game. <laughs> I know you asked uh, Mark <laughs> Stoops on Monday, were you kind of astounded last year with six interceptions? I think he basically said, "Well, yeah, you you don't expect that, and he doesn't expect that to happen again uh, uh, between the two teams." Uh, I think personally the the bye came at a good time, though. They didn't have to go right after the Georgia game and play. But I think Luke Fortner talking to the team, and Luke obviously been around, as he said yesterday, this will be his third trip to Starkville, uh, you know, being a super senior playing on the uh, – so he you know, reminded the guys that this is a business trip and so forth. But this is a pretty – not only is it a maybe Kentucky's toughest game left, but it's a pretty important game if they're going to – you know, if they win this game – Proves them to seven and one, first win you know in the Stoops area down in Starkville, uh, but it sets them up I think for the rest of the year. Where if they lose is where they could go. They could go eleven and one. If they lose this game and then they got Tennessee the next week, uh, you know might look see how the season plays out might look a little different. Yeah, well I think in the biggest thing as far as you know kind of where the pressure comes from and winning you know wanting to win this game and needing to win this game is if you lose it then you kind of start. You know, it just the the doubt kind of creeps in. I yeah. think a little bit more. Um, it, you know, from from people on the outside, but also on the team, you're like, okay, real are we? You know, and that, and that you know, I know that won't. You know, these guys are good. This team is good. 
but is you know and and, and physically i mean mississippi states are you know whatever you make of the air raid defensively they are very yeah they're physical good. yeah right. um and and so you're you're going to be kind of you know you're rested up after playing your most physical game of the season but you're going right back out there and going to take a pounding so right. i think that's something that that's going to you know this game you know I, again i think it's really important and and and, and, and i think you know, I think if you asked most Kentucky fans, they might say, if you had to say you're only going to win one of these next two games, most of them would probably rather you win Tennessee. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's at home and because, you know, the Tennessee's, you know, the rivalry is there. But I think it's, I don't know, you can deba- you can kind of go back and forth on which would be a better win. And right now, I think Mississippi State would be, you know, if you had to just pick one and you only get one, I think it would be the more important of the two to get. Yeah. And you talk about physical play. It's an interesting matchup from the standpoint Mississippi State is very good against the run. I think they're 11th in the country, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have it in front of me in run defense. Kentucky uh, coming off a game where they only rushed for 51 yards against Georgia. Of course, Georgia has an outstanding defense. But that was the fewest yards that a Mark Stoops team, I think going back to 2014, that they'd rushed uh, in a game. Uh, you think is that the key? Is that going to be the key matchup in the game? Can Kentucky run the ball against the Mississippi State defense? That I think they've held four four of their seven opponents under 100 yards uh, rushing. One of them, and then Louisiana Tech in the opener, I think got like 101 yards. You think that's where what what's the key for Kentucky being able to run the ball against Mississippi State, or is there going to be another key? You think? Yeah, no, that was a good stat you pulled out there. I, I looked that up earlier in the week. It was uh, the last, you know, last time out was the second fewest period, like you know, right. <laughs> which is kind of wild to think because you know some of those teams early on weren't very good. Um, you, I, I think so. I think, but I also kind of think you know for Kentucky, at least offensively, I think part of the um, part of making this work down there this week will be uh, you know because you, you hear a lot about setting up the you know run the ball to set up the pass. I kind of think the opposite might end up being, being to be the case this week a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, the big play has been missing the last few times out. And I think that's something that w- could be there. Um, when you watch, you know, I, I've only watched a little bit of Mississippi State. I can't say I've, I've, you know, you know, it's tough. You know, you go back and you kind of look through highlights and, and it's hard to see you pick and choose what you, you're seeing. So it's kind of hard to go back and, and look and, and, Right. Plus, we're right about the team you're covering, but you, you, you look at them. I mean, they 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 do play a lot of pretty soft coverage, uh, and I don't think any of their DBs are really, um, you know, they're good. They're SEC DBs, but they're not like I don't think any of them are going to kill you. Um, so I think that's a you know if 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 they can get the protection up front for for Levis and kind of get some of that stuff going real early. Then I think it, you know, you know, cause they thought, you know, they, they, you know, Kentucky had, I think they were held under a hundred yards last year in Lexington. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think they had like 87 or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, it, it was, it was, you know, it was a really, um, and that game was ugly. I mean, you, you six, inter- <laughs> I mean, that goes without saying when one of the teams had six interceptions, but it's, it, it's somewhat remarkable. Uh, I think, you know, Stoops said this Monday that that game was closer uh, it was pretty close, and 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 I kind of forgotten it was fourteen nothing, and Mississippi State had the ball going into the fourth right. quarter, so it was it was a really tight game. Um, yeah, Kentucky and, had, and not to interrupt. Yeah, Kentucky had eighty four yards rushing uh, against them. They, Kentucky won the game, and 
uh, last year. They, they only had 157 yards of total offense. And they won the game because of those six interceptions. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of them, at least one of them was returned for a pick, I know. Right. Uh, or a pick six. Um, and, and that's something, um, you know, that's another thing that kind of, if you're you're looking at it from the Kentucky side, that can be concerning is last year, you know, it was game three of the air raid. <laughs> and, and you right. know, and all these, you know, you get all these reps and, um, and now they have a year under their belt, and Rodgers is established as the guy, and he's played really well. Now he he's you know he's thrown turnover, you know, he's thrown interceptions. Um, Five in the but, last two games. Yeah, you know, obviously three are against Alabama, and you know we all know who Alabama is, but two of them are against Vanderbilt, and we right. all know who Vanderbilt is. So it's not the right. uh, um, he he can certainly be had, and I think. You know, and, and you, you can talk yourself into it a couple ways, you know, because Alabama, you know, this is the second year. They really had a good plan and figured things out and just shut down, you know, shut them down. Um, I think for Kentucky, you know, if they can pull that off last year what they, or what they did last year or this year, maybe you start looking at it as, okay, maybe just this, this defensive staff just, you know, they just know what they're doing against this, this crew. Because mm-hmm. um, that certainly could be the case, too. Um Again, you know, you have more reps though, and and in the defense doesn't get, you know, they don't get to see <laughs> the air raid every week, um, and, and and kind of all the stuff. So I mean, they just really need to stay disciplined. And I think the biggest, you know, as far as the biggest key defensively is are are those corners ready to, you know, because they're going to be they're going to get a lot of opportunities. They're going to have, you know, probably ten to fifteen targets each, right. you know, to defend at least, and and and. You know, we'll we'll have chances to make plays, and and that's been you know that's been lacking. I mean, Kentucky only has three turnovers for us this year, and only a handful of pass breakups. I think like between Dort and um, between Dort and Valentine, there's like three, you know, even just three pass breakups. So um, that's certainly something you, that you know you need that number to go up a lot this week, and. Uh, and and just tackle in the open field and, and make plays. Uh, you know they'll throw it down to their running backs a lot and and do a lot of stuff out of the backfield and and you just kind of you know I think it'll look in some ways a lot like it could end up looking a lot like the Missouri game. Yeah. Um, so you know and we you know and that was a case where Kentucky got out to a big lead and you know kind of you know squandered it and you know <laughs> Basilak you know had a chance there to to tie the game. Yeah. No, I think any time you play against the air raid, you're gonna you, you need to tackle. You got to be able to tackle because they're gonna throw a lot of short passes in front of you, so you can't let a little you know three yard pass turn into a twenty three yard pass. And then you got to do well. You got to do you got to do well in the red zone. They're gonna move the ball between the twenties, but you got to be able to cut them off in the red zone. So to me, that's gonna be a couple key keys on defense. Uh, but it'll be a uh, it'll be an interesting game. Uh, obviously, in uh, the cowbells, of course, the cowbells are always a factor <laughs> down there. That is funny. Yesterday, Luke Forder says, "You know, the cowbells are supposed to ring them and then stop ringing them. You know, when when you are running the play." And then he said, "Of course, of course they don't. <laughs> of course, they don't <laughs> yeah, go by the rules." <laughs> that that was good. I loved. It's so funny listening to them this week when they practice against Mississippi State. You know, when they have the cowbells going in practice because I'm just sitting there thinking, like, it's one thing like having the crowd noise and sandstorm going over the speakers. It's like, okay, you know. No, it's not as loud. Listen, it, it doesn't sound anything like no. cowbells over speakers. It, I mean, it's a it, it's a real you cannot you cannot simulate that sound. No, um, no. it's it's obnoxious and and I and I kind of love it. On one hand, I love it because it's you know it's a unique thing, 
And on one hand, I still go back. It's like, I, I, it's like, how the heck do these guys get to do this? And it's like, it's, you know, it's like, it's just, um, you know, it's interesting, but uh, you know, that's college football for you. Yeah. Well, they didn't, they tried to outlaw it there for several years, many years, but they never really could. I mean, they weren't supposed to ring them at all, but they did. So uh, then they were only supposed to ring them in certain times. And, as Luke Fortner said, you know, they didn't stick to those <laughs> rules either. So they've kind of let them go here over, yeah, the, last, sure, over the last it, few years. It's like we can't yeah, stop it. What are we going to do? So It sure it, it sure does seem like uh, they're just constantly going. I mean, yeah. I, I was telling you this yesterday. I think the last time we were down there, I had to, you know, I, I put, I ended up putting headphones in my ears just to mute the sound. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 So, okay. Well, like I said, Josh will be down there with the cowbells. He'll be listening to cows. So don't forget your headphones. Don't forget your headphones, Josh, <laughs> on your way to start. Well, I'll be back here in Lexington, but we'll have plenty of coverage uh, leading up to the game on Saturday, during the game on Saturday, uh, and after the game as well. Be sure to follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Moore. HL and read him in the pages of the Arrow Leader and Kentucky.com. And Josh, have a safe trip down to Mississippi. Thank you, John. You sure you don't want to come? There's room in the passenger seat. <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate the offer. I I don't have a problem with Starfall. Starfall's okay. Uh, it's okay with me. It's not. Is it my favorite trip around the SEC? No, but it's okay. It's okay. They're fine people. Fine people in Mississippi State. So, uh, but uh, tell them hello hey, for we, me when you're down. There. <laughs> hey, I, I am looking forward to we. Uh, last time I, Alex Slitz, our photographer extraordinaire, is, is going down there with me, and he. Uh, um, with me and him and, and Sean Smith from, from Go Big Blue Country, we all have found this barbecue place called the Little Dewey uh, last time we were there. So we've been all talking about that. We're so you're looking, looking forward, forward to that, that again. Yeah, so if we got we got something to look forward to at least. There you go. There you go. Okay, Josh, we'll be talking to you again next week. Thanks again for being on the podcast. Awesome. Thanks for having me, John. Always fun. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks to Andy Koska of the Clarion Ledger in Jackson. Be sure and check out his work. And thanks, as always, to friend of the pod, Josh Moore of the Arrow Leader and Kentucky.com. want to encourage everybody to check out the Sports Pass, sports-only digital subscription to Kentucky.com. You get all of our U.K. football, basketball, recruiting, high schools, horse racing. You get it all for $30 for the first year. Go to my Twitter feed. You can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. Go to the top of the feed, click on the pinned tweet. It'll take you right to where you need to go to find out all the information about the Sports Pass, sports-only digital subscription. Like I mentioned, $30 for the first year. We thank and we appreciate everybody who supports our work at the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. I appreciate everybody who listens to this podcast, which you can find on Apple, Spotify, Tuned in, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. Leave a rating and review wherever you can. That helps get the word out about the podcast. We really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Remember, Kentucky, Mississippi State, 7 o'clock on the SEC Network on Saturday night. I'll have my updates. Look for that on my blog, John Clay Sidelines blog, or on Kentucky.com. We'll have updates throughout the game. Like I said, you can follow me on Twitter, John Clay IV. Uh, check out all of our work at the Herald Leader and the Kentucky.com leading up to the game, during the game, and after the game. Once again, my thanks to Andy Koska of the Clarion Ledger and Josh Moore of Kentucky.com. And thanks to everyone again for listening. We'll catch you next time on the John Clay Podcast.